Well, those Mercedes upgrades certainly work for them today. A slippy bottom for Hamilton, secured a P6 and a P7 for the bracket-based team ahead of their home race. Who knew side pods could work that well? Just ask Red Bull. Welcome to episode 303 of Grid Talk. Today we are here to discuss qualifying for the British Grand Prix. My name is Tom Downey, and joining me we have Jawad from the Hit the Apex podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello, sir. We have my very own boo, Tom Horrocks, also co-host of this show and host of Monkey Seats. Hey, great to be here, especially for this for this particular qualifying review. Oh, yes, this is going to be good. And then finally, we have engineering marvel, Owen Medford. Hello. <laughs> you look very surprised there, mate. Just before we get into this episode, we must thank our sponsor for today's episode, Bet Online. So Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the head, head to the websites or use your mobile to sign up today and get in on the action. Please remember to use the promo code Believe, that is B-L-E-A-V, for your 15% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, just before we begin, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you're one of the 70-odd percent of people who are not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. Also, be sure to follow us on all our socials with the new, with the new handle at GridTalkUK, and that includes this new trend thingy or threads or whatever it's called that, um, that Zuckerberg's come out with. Don't ask me. I'm not popular, so I couldn't tell you. But you can stay up, we can stay up to date with all the latest news from the show. So now that the admin is out of the way, let's have a chinwag about um, about qualifying for the 2023 British Grand Prix. So on the on the face of it, you'll look at it and you'll see, oh well, the match is happening. When? What's it? You know what else? Um, and it's like, well, no, hang on. If you ignore that and we just dissect what happened, we'll actually start at the back of the grid. So um, Tom. McIntyre says, I'm going to give you Haas uh, because we need to talk about them quickly because they exist. Um, K-Mag was P20. He conked out at the end of Q1 with a suspected oil pressure issue. And then Hulkenberg was P11, just missed out on the top 10. Not a, a, very much a day of mixed fortunes for them and probably not setting them, setting them, setting them up best for a Sunday race. No, I think probably the, um, the the drying conditions and the red flag from Magnussen has actually inadvertently uh, contributed to Hulkenberg's failure to get out of Q2 as, as well with the slight delay in the session. It just meant the climatic conditions changed a little bit more. The track was getting quicker and quicker throughout the entire session and it was always going to be last across the line. And uh, I, I just think that potentially that has inadvertently uh, caused or uh, certainly contributed to, to that situation transpiring. The Haas is a very quick qualifying car and they failed to get into Q3. I can't see that leading to anything but a, a backwards progress in the race. If you see something strange happening with safety cars and red flags and, and climate, we, I mean, the climate itself doesn't look particularly clear for tomorrow. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly on the, uh, on the edge for weather. So, um, Certainly, Hass have got reason. You know, to, if they can react quickly to changes, they can get something out of the race. But with Magnussen causing that first red flag and uh, causing a bit of chaos when things seem to be just starting to settle down, 
uh, it's uh, th- their impact on the session is is far more in what they didn't do rather than what they actually did. So yeah, long afternoon. I fear I fear for Haas, but uh, but yeah, um, there's certainly hope hope for for something if uh, if the cards fall their way anyway. Yeah, you know, as we've seen lately, they do seem to have a habit of going backwards. And I mean, it's not like KMA can go much further backwards. Um, but yes, not a uh, not an ideal start to the weekend for them. Uh, just looking, just looking ahead a little bit, not much further. We have the Alpha Tauris. So, um, oh, I'm, the Alpha Tauris, they they qualify. Oh God, where did they even qualify? Um, Yuki Tsunoda, P17, Nick De Vries, for once, not popping at the table. He was actually P19, so at least his, uh, at least his starting position starts with a 1 and not a 2 um, in the bottom half of the table. Do you think they can do anything tomorrow? Um, I honestly don't know. Um, I think it's. I think Tsunoda can. I think that's the sort of thing, like, this is... He's shown himself time and time again to be able to get up into decent positions, but I think the problem, with, the problem is that De Vries is there, um, and I can't answer your question and say can can they both do anything and get, do well because De Vries is there. Um, I don't see him going very far forward. I mean, I think it's pretty poor showing and qualifying to be honest. Not even you know that there's there was clearly like in that session there was clearly a sort of maximum time and they're they're not too far away from it. But unfortunately, I think they've been a sort of they, they weren't they weren't you know they they probably got a bit hampered and, uh, by the fact that Bottas went out. Um, you know. Uh, obviously Bottas is in front of them and sort of profited off that a little bit um, but yeah it's, it, the, the, the problem is that they, they didn't put in a decent enough lap time obviously and, and they're, they're so far back and it's it's the problem is I think that they their best hope is that we have a sort of similar scenario to um, to last year and in, in, in that the, the only way that they're going to go forward, De Vries particularly, is going to be accidents or other people tangling and having bad races. And I don't think that's a, you know, that's not where you want to be racing. I think the AlphaTauri just, yeah, it's just maybe hasn't taken a step in the same way that all the uh, a number of other cars have. Yeah, and the reason to remember it's not himself who needs to have the accident, it needs to be somebody else. So, speaking of um, drivers who have had accidents here in the past, Alfa Romeo, that's a really bad segue, I do apologise. Alfa Romeo, um, obviously, Joe Grandieu, uh, at least this year, he'll be hoping to get past turn one um, and you know actually complete some racing laps and you know hopefully have, have a safe weekend this year. Uh, he qualified P18. His teammate Valtteri Bottas uh, qualified P15, got through to Goosey, but conked out with some form of issue. We don't know what it was. Looked electrical. Could be anything with these cars. Um, Jared, do you think they could do anything tomorrow? Or do you think, as we've talked about so much already on this show, and I appreciate this could be a pretty brief hunch of you, <laughs> do, you think sort of, do you think they're sort of just stuck in limbo until the Audi money comes in in 2026? Yeah, pretty much. You know, they can only count on the odd occurrence where they end up further up the grid than they should be and they will score a point. But I don't think they're not going to, I don't think they're going to do anything special tomorrow. Uh, There is potential that Joe, unfortunately, could get a grid penalty. He is being investigated or the stewards are taking a look at an incident between him and Ocon at Maggots and Beckett's where Ocon was impeded. So um, poor Joe may end up starting from the back of the grid. Uh, so, but it will be good, like you say, to get some racing laps under his belt here. Um, unlike last year, unfortunately, that 
accident, which you know is what he was primarily remembered for. If you if you watch Drive to Survive and all that, but um, yeah, hopefully they can keep it clean and um, you know just bring both cars home for the race. And yeah, as for Bottas, um, who knows with what the problem was because Magnussen had a issue with his Ferrari power unit could have been similar for Bottas as well. So I think we did say in the the live chat, you know, it's not a good day to be a Ferrari customer. Uh, no, it, it's, it seems like quite a painful day to be a Ferrari customer. Just very quickly, just, just to update you, because obviously we're recording this live. Um, Nick De Vries got flagged for an unsafe release during, well, it would be Q1 because he got knocked out, obviously. Um, Alpha Tari have been fined five thousand euros for an unsafe release on Nick De Vries. Um, so he, so De Vries himself, is not being impacted by that, other than potentially out, out of his wallet. But I'm sure he can cope. Um, so yeah. So for anybody wondering, listen to this. And we'll, you know, what about the unsafe release? It's a team fine, which is something which I agree with actually. But that's a topic for another show. So uh, still talking about Q1. Um, Sergio Perez, Tom. Go on. Well, don't know why you came to me for Sergio Perez, honestly. I have no idea, mate. He's definitely uh, channeling his inner Scott Speed here, being a Red Bull driver. Was it five in a row without getting to Q3 now? I, I don't know the, the stats around it because in myself, I only just got in in time to do this podcast. So I've not been had a chance to properly dive into the figures, but believe me, I will be. Um, I can't think of any Red Bull driver who has failed to get into Q3 in this many sessions in a row. You'd have to go back some way to find a Red Bull driver that didn't get into Q3 this many times in a season. And this is the most dominant Formula One car of all time, in my opinion, anyway. Um, I certainly believe that. Now, it would be very easy to just pile in on Sergio Perez and and just really, you know, just say that, you know, he he's not he's not worth saving. He should be dropped. Get Daniel Ricciardo in there, Liam Lawson, whatever whatever you want to say. But I don't think he can take full blame for today. I think that Red Bull do need to take some responsibility. Whether it was Perez that made this call or not, but whosever idea it was to sit at the end of the pit lane for nine minutes, going out on stone cold tires with three and a half minutes left in the session, when he could have potentially got two laps in, they said themselves that when he crossed the line, he had time for another lap. Now, obviously, he he wouldn't have had the right battery charge and everything, but if he'd have gone out front of the queue, that's fine. Get Go around for his, for his lap, start to put the tyre pressure, do another warm-up lap, and then be the last to cross the line. We all saw how much that track was, was ramping up, and that was the only thing that was ever going to happen. As soon as I saw Perez at the front of that queue, I was like, he's going out. I can't believe it, he's going out. And I honestly thought that that Hamilton was going out as well. But I'm sure we'll come on to that later anyway. But I'm, I was absolutely convinced that he was going out as soon as I saw him on the front of that queue. And sure enough, that was it. But Red Bull, they should have been on top of that. And that session was always going to be restarted. Three and a half minutes is twice as long as you need, or just under twice as long as you need to get round. There was plenty of time. He didn't need to be front of the queue. He just needed to be not last because whoever was last across the line was going to be putting in the most competitive times. That being said, he has equally got, as I said, the best car on the track. So that's got to be worth three tenths of a second at least. So it's still bad that he has gone out, but I'm not as livid with him as I have been in previous races. And I do just want to put on record that, 
you know, people think that I, I enjoy bagging on Perez. That is absolutely the case. But on this occasion, I don't think that he should get all of the blame for this. A surprisingly diplomatic response there, I must say. You're taking, taking me back a bit. Um, but yeah, thanks. And I, I think you made a good point, actually, just to add by your own opinion. I think you made a good point that you know, Red Bull should have considered that. And for a team that we praised as Saturday, that was very, very Ferrari of them. Um, but, you know, but there we are. You know, also, you know, that car should be through anyway. Yeah, lots to digest there, but but we move on. Um, all right. Williams, uh, they promised quite a lot this weekend. Ultimately, you could argue perhaps under-delivered. Logan Sargent, P14, uh, the last of the runners, if you like, in Q2. And then Albon, after people speculating, oh my God, he's actually going to be on pole. No, he's P8. Um, but do you think that Williams can carry this quality pace through to through to the race tomorrow? Do you think, do you think they can maybe even get double points? Um, I think Albon definitely can carry that through. Uh, Sergeant, I, I feel, I feel, do feel bad for Sergeant because obviously he's got, he's not got obviously the most unenviable, um, co- you know, teammate comparison in the sport, but he has got someone who's driven a number of F, uh, of F one cars. He's got a decent amount of experience, and he's coming in as a rookie, and um, you know, he's performing decently well. But the spread between the two is 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 quite high. Um, you know, it, it, the, the only one that's higher is Perez and Verstappen. Um, and we all know why that is. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel like, I, I do feel Sergeant has done a fairly decent job, but I can't help thinking that Bottas probably would have outqualified him. So he'd probably be a bit further down had Bottas completed the session. Um, that said, he's not too far off. Um, you know, I could easily see a couple of drivers coming together in, uh, in front of him or doing bad strategies. I mean, it, if we have mixed conditions, it's entirely possible that we could get people making terrible decisions going off. You know, Ferrari are always the threat I find um, right now with the strategy. Like they could, they could easily go backwards. Um, you know, throwing throwing someone on hards the moment they can think they could. You know, we start, we have a wet start tomorrow. They and they immediately throw someone on hards, um, thinking, oh yeah, that'll be the tire to switch to, and obviously it, it would go terribly. Um, but yeah, I. I I think he can do it. Um, I think, unfortunately, you know, we're half, a, just under half a season through now, and Sergeant's kind of starting to find his feet. Um, but unfortunately, he's got a comparison with with Albon, who's kind of showing everyone how how it's done. So, um, yeah, I think I I think he can could do well, but I don't think it's enti- entirely likely. Yeah, you know, Logan Sargent does does have a tough ask on his hands because, as we know, his teammate is, you know, it just shows some real pace. You know, that Williams is definitely looking good. Um, and let's not forget, Logan is a is, is a rookie, like you rightly said. Um, but yes, let's uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings, and also let's bank on that has gone backwards. So I'll give him a place by about lap six. Uh, just uh, looking. A little bit further ahead now, Jared. We have the Alpine drivers. Um, they finished. Uh, yeah, Dazzy got into the top ten. He qualified P ten. Uh, he was nine tenths slower than Max uh, in in the end. Then Esteban Ocon. He went out in Q two after not really being able to set a lap at, at the end. He has been summoned um, for impeding car twenty four. Uh, I can't think who car twenty four is off the top of my head. 
Um, Joe. <laughs> Joe, thank you very much. Yes, yeah. sorry. Yes, uh, so yeah, yeah. So uh, at, at the moment, it's it's a P10 and and, and a P13. It could be that you know, if we get some impeding, you know, that could be a three or five place good drop. So th- there's a bit of an asterisk over that. But at the t- at the time of recording, it's P10, P13. Alpine, a bit of a weird one this year. Do you think they can? Do you think they can work their way into the points because they've had some really good finishes, but they've um, but also they've had some. To really low races this year. Yeah, they have, and they sort of go anonymously, I feel, and I think they're one of the teams who have a better race car than they do qualifying car, but Ocon just had a horrid time in qualifying. Obviously, we talked about Joe um, getting stuck with him, but also... Uh, if you remember, him and Lance Stroll were fighting for the same piece of track in Q2. So, you know, both those guys, I think, or did Stroll end up out of Q2? Yes, he did. So both those guys ending up outside of Q2 at the end. But, yeah, Gasly snuck in basically, you know, by the skin of his teeth and went 10th fastest at the end. So, you know, not not the greatest sort of day for them when you look at, you know, their immediate constructors championship rivals where they qualified a bit further up the grid but you know i feel you know they might have something for the race tomorrow but you know it's alpine it's it's a team yeah you kind of blink and you miss them but you know if something goes wrong then we'll be all over them yeah you know i mean uh, alpine are sort of like in that Alfa Romeo minus the incoming takeover position. They, they're sort of just there, and sometimes they do great, and sometimes they do uh, they do not that good. Uh, just to bring you a quick update as well, um, something that has come about since we've been recording, Valsi Bottas has been referred to the stewards. I just want to update everybody. Um, he's been referred to the stewards because the FIA were unable to take a one-litre fuel sample plus the amount required to get back or to complete the lap. Um, so as we all know, especially from Hungary 2021 with Seb, uh, the FIA at any point can request a one litre fuel sample and they do this quite often. Looking at the report, the FIA were only able to extract 0.09 litres. So that's quite a way below the one litre that they require. Nothing is confirmed yet, but that looks like it will likely be a disqualification for Bottas. Um, so he'll probably end up with a pit lane start and and uh, and lift Perez up to the lofty heights of P15. Um, if anything comes, if we have confirmation of that before the end of the show, we will of course update you. Uh, but just back back to the quality show. Um, who are we going to next, or who are we going back to? We are going back to Tom for the Aston Martins. So there was a lot of noise this weekend. Obviously, Aston Martin, you know, they had a, they had a big sort of showing with you know lots of different road cars on on the track, and that's a pomp and circumstance. Um, they kind of flopped a bit, really, because Lance Stroll uh, went out in P12, just doing Lance Stroll things, overdriving, then shouting on the radio, "Come on, man!" Um, and then Fernando Alonso, after, after all the hype, you know, pushing. Um, you know, p- pushing uh, Max, you know, to you know to to be somewhere like 0.01 seconds behind him in in Q1. Only qualified P9 in the end. Um, you know, al- almost a second off. Um, almost a second off. Uh, Verstappen. Do you think they can get double points tomorrow? Do you think this is just a bit of a blip for, for them, or or just or do you think they've sort of like fallen back out of their like? start a season hype 
Um, I do think they have a very strong chance of of uh, of a double points finish tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I I think that they they are kind of in that middle ground at the moment where they've they've nailed a, a good concept that has that has worked. They've bagged some early podiums. Fernando driving very well. Lance Stroll not so much, but has some good performance in there. Um, I was expecting him to be better today than he was. In all fairness to him, um, I, I think that they've. It's difficult to say. I, I think Lance Stroll, his preparation for his final lap wasn't the greatest with, with the Ocon debacle and all that kind of stuff, but he still finished half a second off Lonzo, which is not great. And uh, and given that the gaps between the rest of the field, you know, it wasn't that long. You know, Austria, I know it's a much shorter circuit, but less than a second covered the entire field. So uh, to be over half a second behind your teammate is not great but again uh, as i've already said the uh, the preparation for the lap was not that great so um I, I think we can we can probably afford you know two or three tenths he probably would have lost by not having a um a good enough run um down into the first corner so um i think we we can take that a bit of a pinch of salt i think their race pace they're going to be set up for the race um absolutely that's that's the way fernando likes to do things uh, the qualifying has never been his absolute strongest point um but obviously you know still incredibly good but his you know he's always the guy that's there at the end of the race he um we think back to to last year at Silverstone when all that stuff was going down and in an unfancied Alpine who was arriving on the scene when when all that when we had those four cars fighting it was uh, Fernando Alonso arriving at the back of it potentially trying to scoop a podium out of nothing had a few cars collided so I think we're, we're going to see them moving forward in the race 100 uh, I think we're going to see um, I'm going to see a lot of green and orange in the points tomorrow. So uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's alarm bells. I think they they will get better. They've obviously, um, I, I think someone, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the aero um, ballast, uh, success ballast type uh, thing has now been reset, and they were P three, I think maybe at the time it was reset. So they now won't have an incredibly huge amount of aero time more than Red Bull for the rest of the season. But uh, they've the, the stuff that it would have got in the pipeline in that first part of the season when they had all the extra time, they would have front-loaded their development there and that stuff will be coming onto the car soon. So I think they will develop, they will bring more to the car in the next, uh, certainly um, after the summer break, there'll be some big upgrades coming to that car. And they've got some upgrades this weekend as well. But as we've seen from other teams that have bought upgrades, that doesn't always bear the strongest fruit. It upsets the balance of the car. and But but yes, with regards to this weekend, I think they very much are set up for the race. So uh, I do think that Alonso will move forward in the race. Yeah, and uh, sort of historically, we've, we've typically seen, uh, I was going to say Team Enstone, that's the wrong one, Team Silverstone, um, you know, quite literally their home race, you know, the factory just across the road. We have historically seen them go better in, in race pace than we have in quality pace. Just as Perez, he brought it to Red Bull. Um, you know, so uh, you know, hope, hopefully, I think especially with someone like um, Alonso, they're probably get an electric start and be up to about P six. We hope just as long as you don't stick a wheel up the inside of cops. Um, just, uh, just, just ahead of them, then Jawers, we have both Mercedes P seven for um, uh, P seven for Hamilton, P six for Russell, or if I got that the wrong way round. Uh, no, I haven't. For once, I am right. I'm like a stop clock. Um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of hype around the upgrades, and Mercedes obviously have picked up their pace. I'd say you know, fairly significantly. You know, constantly in the top ten, pushing for and you know, pushing for podiums or the rest of it. 
Do you think they could have got a bit more out of quality this weekend? Or, or, or do you think this is about as far as they could have got? I reckon given what we saw in practice, this is probably as far as they would have gone. And yeah, like you say, there was a lot of hype about the upgrades this weekend and kind of fallen a bit flat because they did struggle, particularly with the the rear end of their car in practice. I saw them, uh, both cars get a bit untidy through Luffield and then Hamilton, of course, having his uh, mega world champion moment um, in Q1 quite early on. <laughs> Thanks, because that's just stuck in my head now. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, you know, given where they were, uh, and yes, everyone turns up the m- modes for, for quality and whatnot, but, you know, I reckon genuinely on qualifying pace, this is where they are. And, you know, it's it's saying a lot when you've got Ferrari and, and McLaren ahead of you at this stage. So, you know, I reckon in race trim, we'll see them, you know, up there, there or thereabouts. Uh, interesting battle between Russell and Hamilton too. So obviously the Brits will be cheered on by the um, home crowd. But, you know, I think... For them at the moment, their sort of battle is with Aston Martin and they'll just want to finish ahead of uh, both the green cars. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely definitely the sort of battle of the Brits in the, uh, you know, whether it's teams or drivers in, in the top 10 this weekend. But, um, oh, and just spoiling that battle, we've dropped the Italian intervention of Ferrari. Um they were one of the only teams to go out on inters in Q1, and then they promptly realised that uh, um, that that was not the right tyre to be on. Uh, there was some, there was some real sort of like meow moments over the radio as well between uh, Leclerc, Sainz, and, and the team. They seem to be swapping positions. Good or right team orders, but they don't definitely don't have one two drivers. No, definitely not. Um, I mean, what do we even say about Ferrari by this point? You know, it, it, you know, because one weekend they're like looking pretty strong. The next weekend they're just a meme. It's just like, where do they go from here? They're just they're just not comfortable. It doesn't seem. Um, you know, the, the, things aren't sort of. You know, the 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 gears don't seem to be meshing in a certain way. Like, if you know what I mean, like they, the the team doesn't look together. It doesn't look like a team. Um, which you know, obviously they're gonna have to. That they'll still be sort of readjusting of uh, uh, under Fred Vasseur even now, um, but it's not in the same way that you know the Red Bulls of the world are operating. It's not even in the same way that Aston Martin or you know you get the feeling that at McLaren, at at Mercedes, at Aston Martin, they're all pulling in the same direction. Um, you know how whether how successful they are is obviously clear to see by the championship order, but um, you just don't get that feeling with Ferrari, and they're just not. They've just got this lack of confidence that I think is holding them back a little bit. Um, you know, going out on inters, not just we, we saw we saw that, like in Q three, uh, sorry, not Q three, in practice three, we saw Leclerc trying out the inters. Uh, sorry, the softs on a wet track. Like, short. Sure, like I think they got burned by the fact that he, you know, the um, what was it? I think it's Village uh, went off a of Village. You know, I, I, I think there is there's there's a little bit of uh, sort of well, we'll do the safe option. We'll try and do the safe option. And I think they keep doing that in uh, on all they've done. Um, you know, and I think they, they've been mugged by by McLaren. You know, the McLaren seem to think they've got good race pace. We know that the Mercedes probably does, and as does the Aston Martin. And I can just see them just being swamped by, by teams tomorrow. 
even, even if they do have a good pace, I can see them going backwards. Um, I don't know what's going on, and I that, like it's it, it, it's it's a hard job because you are as Ferrari, you are sorry, Alfatari, but you're holding up the the sort of motorsport um, there's motorsport hopes of an entire nation. Um, you know, no, no team is subjected to that kind of scrutiny, um, and it, I, 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 I understand that that limelight has got to be understandably fierce. But I don't, some, I don't know what they need to do, but they need to change something to get just just a modicum of success because it, it's impacting their drivers, it's impacting their decisions, and and, it, and it's costing them points ultimately. Um, you know, we, we're going back through another period of Ferrari just lack of success. I mean, the most successful Ferrari sort of challenges have come, you know, six years ago now. It's, it, it, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of depressing in some ways, but which it, it, they, I don't know what, what they can do. Um, I don't see them going forward tomorrow. I feel foolish for, for predicting that they were going to be uh, on the podium a, a week ago now. That's how I genuinely feel about them. It was any consolation, mate. I also predicted last week that they'd be on the podium. And this week, I wonder if they'll even be in, in the top 10. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But, uh, but who knows? Uh, you know, t- t- tomorrow, tomorrow we, will, we will find out and sort of get dissected on the ratio. Um, right. P3. I'm going, we're going one by one by one on this. You know, P1 won't take long because we don't know who it is. But I'm um, mixing up the order a little bit. Jared, I'm coming to you for this one. Oscar Piastri, in his debut season for McLaren, when that car was a dog at the start of the year, is P3. First of all, let's talk about Oscar, and let's talk about that Australian seat. And you know exactly what I mean. As as mm. as as the as the resident Aussie of uh, of Good Talk, <laughs> the floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> yeah, what to say? Um, I literally couldn't contain myself. Uh, seeing him up so high through qualifying and then to end Q3 third fastest, a tenth off his teammate Lando Norris. It was just, it was a moment where, you know, a lot of emotion comes to mind. Uh, Like, I feel like I'm going to get carried away with this, but, you know, given all the acrimony that we've had around that um, McLaren seat over the last, you know, couple of years with uh Daniel Ricardo and then the way he was let go from the team and Oscar was signed to the team I feel like this was a moment of vindication where you know McLaren knew what they were doing by putting someone of Piastri's caliber in the car and yes you know we all love Ricardo everyone will admit that they're a fan of his but he was done you know he I convinced that with the car that they have now, he still would not be able to come to the lofty heights that we've seen McLaren perform this weekend. But for whatever reason, there are people in some corners who still are convinced that, oh, you know, McLaren, you know, your heart did, uh, you you know, you did Dan Dirty, you did this, you did that. It's like, well, you know what? Perhaps this is what the team needed to move on. And to have two drivers, you know, consistently qualifying close to each other. Yes, last weekend was a bit tough for Oscar because he didn't have the upgrades that Lando did. And there were people who savaged him after the race that he finished second last. It was also because he got um, involved in an incident on the opening lap, lost his front wing and had to pit for damage and couldn't recover from that. So 
you know, I feel like Oscar's doing all the right things. Yes, it isn't talked about as much, you know, as we were hearing about Ricardo last year, but that's the way he's got to carry on, I think, until, you know, McLaren get to where they're going. And, you know, yes, I was a bit sceptical too a few races ago after the first lot of upgrades came in Baku and it was like, hmm. They're not really making too much headway, but then this most recent package that they've introduced in Austria, wow, you know, like to gain the time that they've had and also a circuit like Silverstone, which is, you know, a mix of all different corners, high speed, low speed, um, to be quicker than the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari in qualifying and not even wet qualifying either is Something that, yeah, we all have to sort of sit back and be like, whoa, you know, perhaps, you know, this midfield battle or even probably not for second or third, but yeah, you know, the midfield is going to be a lot closer than we thought. But for Oscar, it's just a, a big moment because, you know, this is a driver who through the junior formula was hyped up, of course, his um Appointment into F1 was controversial with with the whole contract saga with Alpine, but you know I feel like for all the the flack that Zach Brown cops, he'll be sitting there tonight after qualifying with a big grin on his face because he'll be like, "See, I knew what we were doing all along." If other people didn't think that, and hats off to Andrea Stella as well, new team principal stepping into the shoes of Andrea Seidel underrated i think but you know he's been making all the right noises too this season so you know let's just sit back see what happens i'm sure you know if if they have a dismal race and both cars don't finish you know we'll we'll be all over them again but you know for what it is it's really good to see and i'm really happy for oscar as well because you know a driver of his caliber deserves the success that he's had and hopefully much more success to come his way in a mclaren yeah, and uh, to be honest, you've echoed everything that that I certainly said in in the live chat when we're watching when we're watching quali. Daniel Ricciardo would have been P thirteen in that car, um, whilst his teammate was P three, or you know P two, whatever. How many times did did we see that over the last two years? And it's when you Danny win a race, yeah, but Lando should have won that, and McLaren has let him win it, so so they had to get some return on their investment. Um, but yeah, very well said, Jared. Um, I, you know, I was always going to, I was always going to give that one to you today. Um, but P2, uh, I think if anybody who's watching this live, looking at the way we, uh, some of our panelists addressed, there's only one person this is going to go to, and it's not me. It is indeed Tom Horrocks, who has the OBS background ready. Mr. Lando Norris, P2 in that McLaren, P2 and McLaren 2-3, after the start of the year when they were talking about this hydraulic fluid about every 10 laps. What a turnaround. Away you go. Absolutely fantastic. And I I was going to say, I don't know the last time I cheered that loud in front of a telly uh, was when I thought he was on pole because I forgot about the little thing of Max Verstappen behind. Um, but And then I remembered exactly when it was. It was in the Russian Grand Prix qualifying in 2021. That's the last time I cheered that loud. I've busted the hat out for the first time since 2021. I don't wear baseball caps very often because they don't suit me. But uh, today I am fully rocking McLaren. Now I'll try and keep this brief because I'm conscious of the time and I want to make sure that we... Uh... <laughs> That, that we don't just go on for hours and hours and hours. But uh, Joe had absolutely you know, covered everything I was going to say about McLaren and, and fully deserved. But what I will temper this with is how 
how impressive was Oscar Piastri? Tenth of a second, at tenth of a second of Lando Norris in that car. And I don't believe he's got all the same bits that Lando's got either. So that's just absolutely phenomenal. So yes, I, obviously I'm overjoyed with the two, three McLaren. Lando Norris being my favourite driver, fantastic. Shows just how well he's doing. But I doff my cap to Oscar Piastri as well. An amazing team performance. I don't think it's going to last. I think the Ferraris and the Mercedes are going to have far better race pace than the McLarens. But strong, strong points for the McLaren in that fight with Alpine. Alpine, you know, looking sort of 10th, 13th in the midfield there, not looking great. I mean, they, they could get some points finishes, but McLaren are likely to vastly outscore Alpine and then that fight that seemingly was never on a few races ago is now really hotted up so yeah uh, I'm I'm a very happy man tonight and I may even uh, crack open a glass of sherry or something to celebrate you never know you can really tell where you're from can't you cracking open a glass of sherry blinking egg yeah well, run by me it'd be a bottle of white lining from from Tesco um but yes um uh, yeah, I, I mean, you, I would love to sit here and wax lyrical all day about McLaren, um, but there's a small matter of um, a rampant bull in P1. Oh, I just quickly, um, Max P1, anything to add or just the Verstappen uh, freight train continues? Oh, uh, it did a bang up job, didn't he? I mean, look at him. Like, <laughs> I, think the, I think the best way I can put it is I was talking about it just before we came on air. Is if you look at the gaps between everyone else in in that top 10 shootout, and they're covered by a second. Um, a quarter of that gap, though, comes from uh, Max Verstappen going a quarter of a second quicker than anyone else. Um, you know, he's, I, 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 some of it's the car, but as, as Ricardo has proved, you, you know, you can put them in the wrong car and they start thinking about it. They start having to think about driving the car. Um they go and they and they can go backwards. Uh, that car is perfectly set up around him. They're, like they're doing a bang up job, um, and he's done a bang up job. And just whacked it on pole. Um, you know, I can't say more than that because um, he's done it. <laughs> he's done a great job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not really much to add. A second, he's done what everybody expected, and I think if he wasn't P1, it would probably be considered a failure. Uh, certainly in that car um but yes that is our roundup of or our sort of review of the 2023 british Grand Prix qualifying i just want to give each of you a quick chance to promo any socials you know, and any uh, anything that you want to promo and just keep it clean um so first of all jowards uh where can we find you what do you do who are you hello i don't even know who i am anymore but anyway um Hit the Apex podcast, Talk F1 and the Supercars Championship here. You can find that on all the good podcast platforms uh, and Twitter account at Hit the Apex Media. And I also uh, write for and do F1 live blogs for this website called The Raw as well. So you can all find that through the link tree on the Twitter account. Lovely stuff, thank you. Um, Tom, as people may be able to tell by the branding on your screen, um, are you part of Grit Talk, by any chance? Uh, 
I might be, yeah. I, I, uh, I do a little bit for Grid Talk here and there, just every now and then, like today. Uh, yeah, you can catch us, obviously, the, the shows on Grid Talk, the Fireside uh, episodes I, I do uh, quite a lot of as well when, when we do them, when we don't have 70 races a season, so we can actually fit in additional podcasts. But, you know, when you have sprint races and four podcasts a week, it's uh, there's no point squeezing in interviews here and there because we all have lives. Uh, also do the Monkey Seat, which is at Monkey Seat Pod on the socials, uh, where you hear my, uh, my co-host, Cole, um, just digging into George Russell all the time and me digging into Sergio Perez. We occasionally talk nice things as well. So uh, yeah, give us a, give us a shout. Yeah, definitely check them out. I've been on once or twice and it's uh, basically if you want an explicit version with, uh, with no holes bars, that's where you go. Um, and Oh, I'm, uh, I, I refer to you as, as the engineering Marvel earlier, but you are also indeed a co-host of Grid Talk alongside myself and Tom and obviously all our other lovely co-hosts. Um, anything else you, 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 you want to give a plug for? Nothing to report. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and just uh, you, my, myself, you know, obviously a part of, part of Grid Talk. Um, I also co-host, um, when I'm not having a rather torrid personal week, um, I also co-host the Formula Talk show, uh, which is uh, which is thought of by Sophia, uh, so you can find that wherever you find Grid Talk. And if you want to find me personally, my I can't be about to say this. Uh, my Instagram and Threads thing is at Chungushumungus94. That is <laughs> that is a nickname that has stuck. So yes, you can find me on Threads and Instagram if you want to. I don't have Twitter. Um, and I never will, um, especially given it's going down the pan. It's only oh, furiously Google's my username. Um, so yes, <laughs> it's all right. Predictive text does me dirty quite a lot, mate. It's all good. But yes, um, just like to thank you all for uh, for attending. As always, it's always good fun um, ha- uh, having you lot on. And just um, just a quick bit of housekeeping: Grip Talk is available on YouTube, where most episodes are recorded live, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to both qualifying and race results. Even throw in a cheeky little sprint there as well these days. Please also consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment, which came about for Grid Talk Live last week, as some of you may have seen. Also, please make sure you subscribe so you're the first to know when each new episode is released. We do say weekly, but at the minute it's, it's borderline daily because there's so much F1 on, especially if it's a back-to-back sprint weekend or something. Finally, we will be back soon tomorrow, to be precise, with plenty more from content where we will be review, uh, yeah, reviewing the Brazilian, no, not that far, the British Grand Prix. Thank you thank you very much uh, for, to everyone for listening and indeed watching. You've been, uh, you've been consuming the Good Talk podcast presented by Bet Online, and goodbye.